Festival of Blood Radio. El Zorro? No. El Jacalopo. It's August 2nd, 2010. It's Festival of Blood Radio. So what's going on, people? Good to be back. Uh, gosh, lots of stuff uh, gone on since the last show. Got a lot of uh, got a lot of good stuff, as usual. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, let's get the verbal diarrhea out of the way first. Hey, you know what? Speaking of verbal diarrhea, I heard that, uh, I guess Chelsea Clinton spent like $3 million or something on his wedding. And I, I saw a couple of photos of the wedding afterwards, and I, I guess it paid off. Because instead of like a, a dollar crack whore, she kind of looked like a five dollar crack whore. It was, you know, it was nice to see. Anyway, as always, it's great to have you. If you want to find out more about this nasty thing called Festival of Blood Radio, make sure you check out the official website at www.imaginethisfestivalofblood.com. Yeah, you can send hate mail too to the host at festivalofblood.com. And as always, yeah, thanks for stopping in. Hopefully you. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy the giant plate of verbal diarrhea that uh, we serve up. Hey, a lot of stuff going on. Of course, the big thing, the big giant. What was it, big? I don't know. There's this little game. It's it's kind of small. It's called StarCraft Two. Yeah, picked it up when it first came out. Day one. How to get it. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, if you haven't noticed yet from all the reviews and all the things that are around the Internet, this is an outstanding game. Uh as expected from Blizzard, it really delivers. It has the polish that you would expect from a Blizzard game. Runs very smooth. You know, I was, I was just curious to see what the minimum system requirements are for this thing on the box because, you know, Blizzard games, one of the things that's always made them great is the system requirements are generally pretty low. They make great-looking games with great gameplay that don't necessarily push the hardware to the limit. You know, I, I think even the recommended system requirements are something ridiculous. Like a, a GeForce 8800 is like the high-end recommended. So if you have that, which who doesn't, uh, at least by today's standards, you can run this game. You know, Diablo 2, uh, the original StarCraft, Diablo, you know, they were all great games that didn't push the envelope. Although I would argue the ridiculousness of uh, 640 by 480 in Diablo 2, of course, they patched that up with the expansion, so you could run it in 800 by 600, but yeah, that might have been a little weak in the day. And they, and they said they didn't do higher resolutions because, well, it would crush your computer, which, because the game wasn't really 3D and it was kind of, you know, sprites all over the place, I guess I kind of get that. They're basically drawing bitmaps across your uh, computer screen. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that, but, you know, at the time, I really felt like if I had the hardware, I could, uh, I could really, you know, enjoy it at a higher resolution. But, you know, they didn't ever allow that. There was a... Speaking of Diablo 2, if you want to get your Diablo 2 on and you're and uh, you're just dying for Diablo 3 and you want to play some Diablo 2 but you can't stand the fugliness, there is uh, a patch out there and uh, I'm not I don't have the direct link anymore because I'm a freak. But if you check out uh, www.widescreengamingforum.com, that's widescreengaming 
forum.com. And just do a search for Diablo 2. They do have a patch there. It's unofficial. It's uh, unofficial enough that you won't be able to play on Battle.net, but you can play a single-player game locally, and you can play it at like insane resolutions. I know I played it at uh, 680 or 650 by 1080, and wow. Uh, or six, let me get my resolutions right. i got to get off the crack. But uh, 1680 by 1050, and the game runs amazingly well. Which, of course, you would expect, because the game is uh, old enough now that yeah, you can pretty much run it any way you want to. So, you know, check it out if you want to get your Diablo 3 on. Uh, it's not exactly Diablo 3, but it is kind of cool to play it at a higher resolution. Your guy's, like, really small on the screen. So, anyway, back to StarCraft. <sighs> Been enjoying that. As, as you would expect, StarCraft is a very, very polished game. Uh, it, it, everything from the menus to how the gameplay unfolds to the user interface when you're playing, which... You you might say, well, hey, from what I've seen, the user interface doesn't look like it's changed that much from the original StarCraft, which is what makes it so elegant. If you're already familiar with StarCraft, you just jump right in, and you don't really need to get used to anything because, yes, it's essentially the same thing with some extra niceties added on. Uh, the ability, for example, to uh, you know make a lot of your units do certain things that you would do anyway to automate those things. So some really neat things. Really uh, love the polish. It's everything you would expect from a Blizzard game. But even better, uh, the missions have a tremendous amount of variety. I'm not going to say I'm too far along in the single-player campaign, but I'm far enough along where, you know, a lot of these games, uh, RTSs, real-time strategy games, boil down to make a base, make a bunch of units, and decimate the other side, which, you know, you love that. You want to see that in an RTS. That's kind of the core core gameplay mechanic, but they have some other things going on which are not gimmicky, they're challenging in a certain way. Like, for example, before cutting the show tonight, uh, did a mission where I just had to collect a certain amount of resources, and you're thinking, okay, well, that's boring, but the beauty of it is, uh, as you build things, of course, you use resources, so you kind of have this balancing act of, well, I want to build the minimum amount of units I need to defend my base, while at the same time mining as quickly as possible. But I gotta also protect the miners, so you know it, it gives, has this neat little balance, balancing act, if you will. And of course, every five minutes or so, most of the level gets flooded with lava, so you got to get everything to safety really quick. So, and if you're playing the game, you probably know which mission I'm talking about. But it's that kind of variety uh, and innovation that this game really brings to the table. You know, even with the latest Command and Conquer games, you don't see that kind of mission design. A lot of those other RTSs, uh, which I love. Boil down to just, hey, make a base, make a bunch of units, and decimate the other side. So really, really good uh, variety there. Also, story. The story is very well told. Uh, the mechanics they have between the missions, where you kind of roam around your ship, you can go down to the armory, you can go to the cantina, you can go to your bridge. These are not only functional things you can do in the game. For example, on your ship, when you head down to the laboratory, you can research uh, new technologies uh, from... Uh, points you've collected on maps. You know, when you're doing the missions in the game, you can collect uh, points, which you can then use to invest in research, which allows you to unlock uh, abilities for your units and uh, base and for your vehicles. Uh, but uh, So it's functional. When you go to the uh, cantina, for example, you can uh, recruit mercenaries. Uh, you can find out more about the storyline by clicking on things in the environment, talking to people, and of course from the bridge, you can actually launch a mission and select which mission it is you want to do. You you typically have a choice on uh, what mission you want to do. So if you're saying, you know, hey, before I do this next one, I really, I need like two more research points before I can unlock this thing. Let me go do this mission 
uh, where I can unlock some Zerg research points to get that unlock before I go on to the next uh, main mission. So really, really well done. What it comes down to, because I know I'm puking into the mic and you're all saying, yeah, 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 it's StarCraft II, of course it's good. I guess what it really comes down to, if you got a PC that can run this thing, which if you don't, you probably have something like, well, a cell phone. But be sure to get this game because if you have a PC, you're putting it to waste if you're not playing it. Anyway, enjoy StarCraft 2. Hope to see you in the game because, yeah, I'd love to decimate you. Throw mama from the train. And then put a clip in her ass. You're listening to Festival of Blood Radio on the Festival of Blood Radio Network. www.festivalofblood.com I said I said I would talk about it uh, on last show, so yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna gonna for once stick by what I said I would do. Been playing Singularity on the PC, and wow! I know I said last show I wanted to say last week, but it's been like two. Anyway, I've uh, been playing Singularity on the PC. Love this game. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a good shooter, like maybe you're Call of Duty'd out, or you already finished uh, like Battlefield Two or something. Great game. You know, this game has that, that, that shooter feel to it, but uh, it's also got some other nice things, like imagine this, a pretty cool story. Almost, you know, if you like a game like, uh, say, Bioshock or the Half-Life series where you like a little bit of story, you just don't like to go out doing some killing, you kind of you like a reason to do your killing, well, Singularity might be for you. This is a game that is uh, definitely very science fiction based. It takes place uh, a little bit in the past in an alternate kind of reality where the Soviet Union has developed... Well, some amazing technology that uh, they intend to weaponize to uh, take over the evil Americans, or at least uh, take over influence in the world. And some big giant disaster happens, and you get sent in to try to find out what happened. And much like Fear, uh, for those that have played the game Fear, there's all these kind of scary flashback things that happen uh, throughout the game that uh, really draw you into the story. You're mainly fighting against, well, freaks. Uh, Zombie-looking kind of animal-like freaks uh, throughout the game. But uh, what makes it really compelling when it comes down to it is just the uh, the shooter aspects of it. Definitely very well done. One thing I will say about this game is that uh, it has some puzzles in it. And again, so do games like Half-Life. But you know what? When I'm playing a good story-driven shooter, I don't want too many puzzles. And you know, Bioshock didn't have too many puzzles when it came down to it, it was really just shooting and figuring out the strategy to uh, beat the level tactically uh, from a shooter standpoint. And this game, you know, it throws in some puzzles because one of the things you have is this glove you wear that can alter time. And so, like, if there's a broken down bridge, you can shoot it at the bridge and it'll put it back in time and make it uh, once again uh, new. Uh, so, you know, simple puzzles like that. But there's other ones where, like, there'll be a crushed box that you have to make new and then to get it through a gate, you got to make it old again, which kind of flattens it and rusts it to kind of shove it through a thing. So then you can jump on it and get up on this platform, which then you have to pull this lever, which then you have to use your time ability to you know, do this one little hokey thing. And are, are you already getting lost? Because that's what the game does to me a little bit. It's an amazing shooter that really gets you in. It's got really good, high-quality graphics with a good storyline, and it kind of throws in these puzzles which destroys the pacing of the game a little bit. 
but I'm not going to turn you off to it. This is definitely an A-plus game. Would like to see a Singularity 2 already, uh, but a little less puzzle, please. You know, I don't, I don't mind a little puzzle. You know, first-person shooters and puzzles shouldn't go together. You know, I like a little bit of RPG in my shooter. I'll even take a little bit of R- uh, RPG in my RTS. Maybe even a little RTS in my uh, FPS. But, you know, I don't want puzzles in my first-person shooter. And some of you are saying, well, look at look at Portal. It, it's an amazing puzzle. For It's not a shooter. It's a puzzle game. Uh, it, it doesn't involve shooting. It doesn't have that, that visceral feel where you're involved in an action-style gameplay. If you want a puzzle game, yeah, play Portal. But I don't want any Portal in my Call of Duty. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I'm saying. So... Not to turn you off, be sure to check it out, you know, especially if you do like the puzzle thing. And if you like a little bit of a puzzle challenge uh, in your game, maybe it is for you. So, uh, yeah, I said I would get back to it, wanted to. I'm enjoying it immensely. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's all good stuff. What else we got? Oh, I finished Crackdown 2. Uh, I know I uh, puked into the microphone and gave it lots of love, uh, but I finished at least the main storyline. I'm going back now and doing some achievement mining. You know, kind of got to be an achievement whore, so I'm doing that. But, uh Really good game. This is a game where, uh, you know, it, much like StarCraft, if you have an Xbox 360 and you're not playing Crackdown 2, uh, oh, let me start over. If you have a PC and you're not playing StarCraft 2, uh, shame on you. Much like if you have an Xbox 360 and you don't have Crackdown 2, shame on you because it's an exclusive title to the platform, so you should be playing it. Uh, very high action, very uh, very, uh, very crazy action. Uh, you know, it's a crazy action shooter. Uh, really well done. Uh, it was. It's one of those games where when it's over, you're like, God, I, w- I wish there was more. And there is more because I think the game has 500 agility orbs to collect, and I'm a little over 450. So, yeah, I'm going back into the game and uh, trying to find these puppies because I'm obsessed. And that's kind of what Crackdown comes comes to after you finish it. If you played the first one, you know what I'm talking about. There's a little bit of obsession with uh, getting all the collectibles and things you can do. Uh, but basically a really well done game. Enjoyed it to the very, very end. We'll say I'm a little disappointed uh, with the pacing in the sense that your levels don't tend to level up very evenly. I found that I had explosives maxed out and other things, even agility maxed out before I had things like driving maxed out. And I think that's partially because to get to, to, to level up your driving skill, you got to do all these stunt challenges, which, again, I don't want a racing stunt game in my action third-person shooter game, and, and maybe they overdid that a little bit. I don't remember that being the case in the first one. I know in the first one they did have stunt challenges, but it seemed very reasonable to level up your driving skill without having to do them because I didn't do them. And I leveled it up just fine. So, yeah, maybe a little little broken there as far as that goes. Because, you know, you cap out at level 5 on each one of these abilities. And they're all level 5 except my driving skill, which is level 3. Which, yeah, I'll mine that to 5 because there's an achievement for it. Anyway, uh, and, and, and there's this other one. God, they're so frustrating. It's... It's the jumpsuit challenges. You know, once you get your agility, I think up to level four, you get the jumpsuit, which is basically a suit you have that allows you to kind of glide and fly around. Well, you have to jump off of high buildings and kind of glide through these hoops in a certain order. It's a real pain, mainly because to get to the highest point that you need to be at, typically the top of a building, it's just a pain to get up there. And if you miss it, if you don't quite make it, you got to climb all the way back up to the top again. It's very frustrating. Now, they should make it so that if you're up at a certain point, there's like a checkpoint, something you stand on so that when you start that challenge, if you don't make it, 
it says, hey, do you want to try again? And you can just kind of instantly go up to the top. You know, it's about gameplay, and I know a lot of developers don't like to put those kinds of features in their games because it makes it too easy, but I want to play the game. I know how to climb a building. I just don't want to spend a minute or two doing it every time, especially if it's a building where you kind of have to go along a ledge, you got to jump on a windowsill, you got to, you know, you got to shimmy around to get up there. It takes forever, and it's just annoying. So uh, anyway, still a very good game. Enjoyed it all the way to the very end. Again, Crackdown 2, we pimped it two weeks in a row, so if you don't have it already, what are you doing? music on this week's show. We're doing a little Tupac. So what else have I been playing? Last but not least, also on the PC, been playing the beta of Lord of the Rings Online. And, uh, yeah. I th- if you saw my Twitter, you saw that I gave uh, Turbine a big kudos for uh, doing this. And of course, it's not their first time. They made Dungeons & Dragons Online free-to-play, I guess, over like a year ago. And amazingly, they had great success with it. They found that they were able to be very profitable and uh, and had a lot of people actually join the game that did not before because they went free-to-play. They basically took a full retail game that had a full subscription model and said, you know what, this isn't working out the way we want it to work out. We're going to re-engineer our game to be a free-to-play game, recognizing that, yeah, we say it all the time on the show, but in the age of World of Warcraft, a lot of developers and publishers are having to say, what can we do to rake in some MMO dollars without a monthly fee. And a lot of them are looking over to Asia, and they're saying, you know what, in Asia there's a big market for games that are free to play, and they essentially microtransaction you as much or as little as you like. And i got to tell you, I, even though I've played the free version of Dungeons & Dragons Online, which I enjoy, I, mean, I got it installed right now and play it occasionally, I think Lord of the Rings Online is set to really, really break the mold. Because there are some good ones out there, like Runes of Magic is the one that was the really big hit and made a big splash for a lot of people, you know, because it looked like World of Warcraft, that kind of played like World of Warcraft. So a lot of people jumped in and said, God, this is great, it's free, and for the first time kind of opened the eyes to people of what a free-to-play game is. I don't know if a lot of people stuck with it, because in the end it was a little grindy. But uh, this is a game that I think really has a legitimate chance to once again make a splash and open people's eyes for a few reasons. One, it's Lord of the Rings Online. It has the name recognition. Secondly, it is also, like Dungeons & Dragons Online, coming out of a full retail game, which recently had a retail expansion to it, uh, which you get as part of the uh, free uh, version. And so it has that polish. It has that, it's a retail game polish, and it's very well done. You know, I played uh, Lord of the Rings Online as a subscriber when it was out. Yeah, I didn't play it for a long time, maybe four or five months, something like that, and enjoyed it. But inevitably, like a lot of people, went back to World of Warcraft. But i got to tell you, for a game that you don't have to spend any money on if you don't want to, 
really, really well done. Uh, this is the game that could really, really break the mold because it has the polish, it has the name recognition, and it looks like what they're doing with the free model is really going to work out. Yeah, you got if, if you really, really want to get into it, you can spend some money, but the beauty of it is you can play it as little or as much as you like. Maybe you're going into the holiday season or maybe you're going back to school. Maybe work's getting tough, so you know what? You don't spend any money on it, but you can still log in and play and, and do what you want to do and... Uh, enjoy it without saying, God, I got this monthly fee. I haven't been playing it lately. Maybe I'll cancel. You know, there's no guilt. It's guilt-free. It's like calorie-free MMO. Uh, the things you have to pay for are, well, you start out with three bag slots uh, that you can put bags in, much like World of Warcraft. And, uh, you know, for a little bit of money, you can open up a fourth bag slot or a fifth one. Uh, you can buy uh, mounts straight up. You can't buy them at low level, but you can eventually buy them. Uh, you can buy additional character slots. At least in the beta, you get to make one character. But again, for a few bucks, you can throw down and open up a second slot. Even better, these are things that stick with you. So once you've bought them, you you have them. So it's not like you have to keep rebuying uh, that second character slot. You now have it and you own it. Uh, there's some XP boosts and things like that uh, that all of the free-to-play games have where you can just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to be playing a lot this weekend. I might as well take full advantage. I'm going to go ahead and buy this XP boost so that I'll get extra XP while I'm playing. Again, you can cater the experience to when you have time to play. Uh, all the while enjoying what was originally a full retail game, much like Dungeons & Dragons Online. Uh, right now it is in beta. They haven't exactly said, I think, when it's coming out of beta, but if you want to check out what this free-to-play model is like, Dungeons & Dragons Online is probably a good place to start because it is also a game that was originally a full retail game that is now free-to-play, and it kind of gives you a taste of what it's all about. So if you want to check it out, I'm just going to send you directly over to Turbine. Uh, www.turbine.com love the folks there uh, I, I've said it uh, in the past on the show, the first MMO I really got into was from Turbine it was the original Ashron's Call uh, this was after trying EverQuest and Ultima Online You know, I was very reluctant to go drop the cash on another one because I didn't really like the first two yeah, I was one of the people that tried EverQuest when it came out and didn't get it yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I just did not enjoy it. But man, Ashron's Call 2, or Ashron's Call, the original, sucked me in, as did Ashron's Call 2, but it suffered from a lack of subscribers, so it got a little weak early, and of course it uh, it ended. I think the game was out for maybe a year and a half, and uh, they closed down the server. So anyway, all good stuff if you want to check it out again over at www.turbine.com, and keep your eyes open, and we will notify you on the website and probably via Twitter and all kinds of other cool stuff when this game actually launches for free, and I hope to see you in it, because it is a great, great game. Yeah, so, uh, that's pretty much the show this week. We did get out of it without the, you know, next week you're going to get an extra dose Maybe like ABBA or something. I don't know. Anyway. <sighs> That's about all the show I got. I'm done puking into the mic. We're over the usual amount. For those that don't know, this show is uh, for freaks who like to get their freak on, but they only have about 20 minutes to get their freak on. So they uh, check out Festival Blood Radio because we give you the good stuff. We point out all the good stuff. Hopefully subscribe to the show over on iTunes. And as uh, I said earlier, send mail, send all kinds of mail, hate mail, love mail, just make sure you subscribe on iTunes because eh, it's the lazy way to go. You get it automatically every week. It's all good. 
That's all I have. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll cut out. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. I love this song in Rock Band, by the way. It's, uh, yeah. It's even flow. Of course you'll like it in Rock Band. I can play it pretty good, too. Hey, I, uh, as usual, got to pimp some stuff about this site. We did the July Wallpaper of the Month. It's Katy Perry. Kind of weird. Because, I don't know. She is just bizarre. Not me. Well, yeah, it is because of the way she looks. It's like... Not a real person. Whenever I see her, it's like she's plastic. You know, what, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, hello. I don't know. So I was very reluctant to do it because even even the wallpaper looks fake. It's like a real person. Or not. I can't tell because it looks like she's made out of wax. That's probably because she puts about six inches of wax on her face. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, Star Trek Online. Yeah. Been playing that too. You're thinking, how do you have all the time to play these MMOs and stuff? Star Trek Online, you know, I made Captain finally, so I went all the way through the Ensign, the Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander, the Commander, and made it to Captain, so now I'm cruising around in my deep space science vessel, the USS Aguilera. It's a hot ship. I got the microphone in my mouth at this point. It's definitely time to go. We'll see you next time. I'm I'm done. I, I promise I'm done.